are going to start off this week's podcast with um, just kind of a uh, respect to one of the greatest Oakland A's in history, a big part of the um, three championship dynasty in the early 70s. Um, Vita Blue passed away this past week. Um, I was lucky enough to work with him at um, MSC Sports Bay Area when I was an intern there in college. He was unfortunately an analyst for the Giants because I don't know why, but he wasn't. He was an analyst for the Giants, and he was just the nicest guy ever. He, uh, him, and Bill Lasky would love it when we would, um, the interns would go into the green room and watch the game with them, because um, they're just such like social and like, uh, like just friendly guys. They're like joking around. Um, they had nicknames for all of us and stuff like that. It was really cool. On my first day, um, me and uh, my fellow intern, John Root, who's actually a journalist now in the Bay Area, sports journalist, um, we were, like, giddy because we're like, holy shit, that's fucking Vita Blue. So uh, after the after the Giants pregame, we, like, kind of, like, asked the stage manager, like, can we ask him for a photo? And he's like, yeah, absolutely, Vita will do it. And we took a picture with him, and that was pretty cool. Um, so Julio, rest in peace, Vita Blue. Um, just more bad news to already a shitty year. I tweeted that, uh, you know, I feel like you're a real kid in the Bay Area if you got a chance to meet him. Yeah. Because I felt like so many people had some sort of an interaction with him. And uh, I thought about, yeah, I remember like my little league, little league peanut league, like kickoff day where like you go to the fairgrounds and all that stuff. He was there signing autographs. And I was like, I had no idea who he was when I was like six, seven years old. I just remember he had a cool name. And, you know, now, you know, 25 years later or something. And my dad told me these stories in his moment. Uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the legends, not just in the A's, but just in the Bay Area. His numbers retired for both teams. He is one of the only pitchers to win MVP and Cy Young in the same year. 1971 um, for the listeners. Yeah. And I think that's pretty sad. And I was talking with my mom about it as we're sl- we're getting to the age where we're, we're, we're slowly starting to lose these guys where, of course, Fosse, uh, almost a couple years back now. Um, Sal Bando, this past offseason. Now, Vita Blue, unfortunately. Uh, it's it's sad. And it's kind of sad that, like, this team doesn't do the... Or this team right now isn't doing the greatest job of recognizing a lot of these guys. And, to of course, they're doing the anniversaries. And they had the 74 anniversary or the 73 anniversary last month where they brought some people in, but it's like, they need to be doing more because we really need to appreciate these guys when we're there. Vital blue is, was absolutely disgusting as a pitcher. You, there's Pete Rose. It's all quote where he said, Pete Rose said he was the hardest throwing lefty he has ever seen. Like there was, he had some absolutely nasty stuff that I think if he would be in this game or playing around right now, he would, he would still be an elite ace. And it's kind of interesting. I was in the process of looking this up as you were talking. I think there needs to be a little bit more of a Hall of Fame consideration for him. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. I was looking it up before the show. Uh, do, do you want to give the the absolutely? There's some people who have way less of a pedigree on their roster or on their on their resume than Vita Blue, and they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's. 
I'm going to look through because so he he I think that for the Bay Area fans yeah like Kula said Bay Area legend played for the A's from 1969 to 1977 was a part of all those championship teams and then he played for the Giants from 1978 to 1981 as well as 1985 and 86 so he retired with the Giants. So here's a quick um here's a good analogy for somebody else. I won't say the player, but I'll t- list off some of their stats. Uh, Two hundred nine. A wins, uh, 2.95 ERA, 2,400 strikeouts, uh, nine-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, Cy Young winner, uh, three-time strikeout winner, and this person is in the Hall of Fame. Now, Vita Blue here, uh, 209 wins, 3.27 ERA. So I think that's still enough to me. Uh, 2100, 2175s career strikeout, six-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, AL MVP, AL Cy Young, uh, ERA leader one season, no hitter. I think he Two should no hitters, be technically because he was a combined no hitter person. There you go. Um, I, I don't see why he's not in at this point. Yeah. Where he does. Look, those... To be fair, he has been recognized by by the Bay Area. I mean, he's in the A's and the Giants Hall of Fame. He's been on TV for the Giants for he was on the TV for like 15 years. Doing pretty by the way the person i brought up was don drysdale 10, maybe 10 oh really that so well, that and what, people hold remember, him to such a high regard what team right dom so, drysdale play for don drysdale. the brooklyn dodgers exactly so uh maybe there's a lot of guys we can really just go through them where oop around the same kind of pedigree and got in um i just saw oh chief bender old-timey baseball player he's in the hall Catfish Hunter. Catfish Hunter isn't too much of a different career than Vita Blue half his did. So for the Yankees, so he got that like All Stars treatment, like you know, like the the national fame. Yeah, Bob Lemon, uh, another player who didn't have even Pedro. Pedro's two hundred nineteen. I think Pedro's thing is he got over three thousand strikeouts. Of course, yeah, he was, a lot, he was also but the most dominant pitcher of his era. Like middle steroid time. Hal Newhauser, yeah. um, two hundred seven wins, twelve hundred career or seventeen hundred career strikeouts. Not to put down any of these guys, but it's just like, do him, do Vita Blue right. He should have had this call a long time ago. It's not ago, putting but... him down, though. I, I see what you're saying, but yeah, it's not putting him down. It's just like, it's comparing him so that there's a reference to why it is the way that it is. Like, we we do need to reference it so that people understand, like, how much of a crime this is. But, <sighs> yeah, man, I just, I don't know. It's a bummer. I'm hoping that his, you know, what, if and when this stadium is built, wherever it is, all these guys need to start either getting some statues up. We need to do better than having a big, like, rubber thing in the outfield in Mount Davis with their numbers on it. They need to do more for these players, and I'm hoping they'll come around in time. Yeah. For sure. Before it's too late. For sure. Uh, yeah. Um, welcome to the town tailgate. Um, RIP Vita Blue. I'm Chris. That's Julio. Um, you can follow us on town tailgate at town tailgate, uh, on Twitter. Um, we're part of the fan first podcast network. Shout out. What up? Um, yeah, we felt like it, it was a good, you know, there's a lot of A's news today. So like, we're not doing a, a solo segment. We're just going to cover cause A's news is so much to cover and a lot of things to hit, um, this week. Um, but we felt like we should lead off the podcast with, with Vita Blue. Um, 
Yeah. Because he was, that was the ace of sorts. Yeah. And he was. Was he though? Dependably the ace of that rotation. I think you're going to have a lot of people arguing no, between him and ca- Catfish. Yeah, I guess probably Catfish. And even like one year, um, like Blue Moon Odom was like, I think he had like 29 wins or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he had like an insane season where, yeah, yeah he had that, that American was like just... an insane big three. And then you had Raleigh Fingers closing it out. Like that pitching staff is what won them those three World Series. Don't get me wrong. They had a lot of, a lot of talent in that, in that, those lineups, but like the pitching staff was just like un matchable it's crazy to think about yeah um all right cool let's go on to the big three and do some national news tim hudson um early season struggles from some interesting teams all of them happened to be playoff teams last year the yankees are the probably the biggest one here's the thing about the yankees i will before i move on to the rest of them they're above 500 and they're in a very tough division so they're in last place, but it's like you look at their record and you're like, I'm scrunching my face for those of you who can't, you can't see me because we don't do YouTube anymore. I'm scrunching my face. Um, it, it it's it's pretty it's pretty wild to me. They would be first place in like half the divisions. Uh, the Guardians who are one game over 500. Um, the Astros who are a game below 500. The Mariners who are two games below 500. The Mets who are a game below 500. And the Phillies who are sorry, I said that wrong. The Phillies are a game below 500. The Mets are two games below 500. And the Cardinals who are just dog shit, which we talked about last week. I don't know, man. Um, uh, we we can go team by team and say like which ones we think are gonna like really be contenders and who might just be kind of that this is that's a wrap and it's it's time it's something's going on. Um. But I, I, you know, when you look at the division makeout for some of these teams, I'm not too surprised. Absolutely, um, yeah. The Yankees, not to kind of throw them as a leadoff person on team under the bus, yeah. they did just sweep the A's. Yeah, that's not really saying much. They've had some pretty bad injury issues to start the season already. Carlos Rodon, it, it's nobody knows what's truly going on with him. Um, he had to get like a cortisone shot. Aaron Judge is on the IL for a little bit. John Carlos Stanton's currently on the IL. They're just getting Harrison Bader back, and he's playing well. So I think they'll be fine. They already showed if they were in the AL Central, they would be first. The Guardians are a little interesting um, because kind of the guys they added in the offseason just haven't really panned out. Josh Bell has been kind of mediocre to start the season. They also have injury issues. They lost Tristan McKenzie mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, brutal. I, I believe. Um, Astros still waiting on Jose Altuve to come back. Let's see how much of a um, how impactful it'll be. But the biggest thing is, and I'm sure you're gonna really go off on it. Jose Abreu yeah. was a terrible sign. Jose Abreu, yeah, that's 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 the one that's fucking killing him right now. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at um what's his face's stats though. Um, uh, not Jose Abreu, uh, the old first baseman. Why am I fucking blinking? Yuri Gurriel. Yuri Gurriel, the the guy who said racist things on TV. Um, yeah, him. Uh, uh, I haven't looked at his stats this year, so I don't know what he's doing in comparison. But who, Jose Abreu is a fucking joke, dude. I have him on my fantasy team, and and I picked him very high, and he is fucking awful. I don't know what his deal is. Coming off of a pretty big season last year, too. So. It it might just be, dude. He's He's an older player. I think it just father time yeah. is kind of catching up to him. We'll see. It's like they're they're an interesting team as a whole because you know Altuve is very old now. Bregman's getting old. He's still still solid, but he's getting up there. Uh, uh, 
what's his face? Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on everything. Uh, center fielder who plays for Toronto now. Um, George Springer. Yeah, George Springer's been gone for a couple years. So like Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez are kind of like the guys upcoming, and they're fucking good. They are really good. Kyle Tucker mm-hmm. is like MVP candidate. Good, but like. I don't know. It it just feels like the older guys were when they were kind of like at the end of their peak. The younger guys last year were kind of like getting up to like starting to become like the new face of the team. And then I don't know what's going on with the rest of the team. It just feels like a lot of fill in guys. They've lost a few guys last this off season. And also yeah, their like pitching the rotation's a mess. They're getting injuries left and right. They can't figure out. They can't kind of figure out the ace role for them uh, now that like Verlander's gone. Um, I I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I was going to say, I thought the rotation was doing better this season. It's just like a lot of dudes are underperforming. Jeremy Prania, after having an awesome postseason, um, he's batting two fifty two. His, his OBP is below three hundred. But you're looking at the everyday rotation, though. It does, or the lineup, it does look like they're just guys. They're just guys who are filling in some spots because like yeah Jeremy Pena has not lived up uh Alex Bregman's batting 263 um Yanir Diaz 267 just a bunch of randos Jake Myers and you're right though did they lost uh current Oakland great Aledimus Diaz all right that's not saying much (laughs) good stuff there um and then they lost Trey Mancini who's actually been doing relatively well for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. So like maybe that kind of backfired on them but it, it's but Manc- interesting. But Trey makeup. Mancini was a uh, wasn't he a wasn't he a, a deadline pickup though? Yeah, he was a deadline pickup and it's like he didn't really do much with the team but it's kind of interesting that as soon as he left he's becoming a better or he's kind of not back to what he was in his prime in Baltimore yeah. but he's kind of like becoming a little bit more of above average player that he was. Uh, the Mariners are super interesting. So he, Robbie Ray's done for the year. Real quick. Yeah. Here's what their rotation was supposed to be. Valdez, Javier, Hunter Brown. I don't know who Hunter Brown is. Z that, that's new. Um, uh, he's a rookie starter or like, yeah, this is like his first full season, but he's been pretty solid for most of the part. And I never know how to pronounce his name, even when they say it on TV. I I forget. Yurquidi? Yurquidi? Jose Yurquidi. Yurquidi and Garcia, who both have been injured this year. And Yur- and Yurquidi had an amazing postseason last year. Everybody thought that he was going to be – him and Valdez were going to like take over like the top spots of this rotation. He's gotten hurt already for um first month of the season. So it's just like, you know – the. Uh, when you look at their when you look at their their rotation, there's no dog at the top of it like there used to like there was for a long time when it was Dallas Keuchel and then it was Verlander, you know. So and Luis Garcia is getting Tommy John. Is he really? So yep. When was that announced? Uh, sure, I'll send you that. That's wild. And if you need an easy way to remember how to pronounce his last name. Just think of uh, what did the Jawa say in Star Wars? They go, ooh, titty. Right? They go, ooh, kitty. Yeah, okay. Nerding out already and we're Woo! 10 minutes in. I'm just kidding. Uh, I need to catch up on, uh, that reminds me, I need to catch up on uh, Mandalorian. Um, oh, I haven't watched a single episode yet. Yeah, so you, so know, how like to, you know how I like to binge? I'll just wait and then I'll, I'll binge. So I tried to do that with Succession this season, but then like 
you know when when no spoiler alert even though it's like popular it's popular culture so if you this is spoiling it for you like sorry uh logan dies and i'm just like fuck i have to see how this goes so i ended up like catching up like two weekends ago um anyway it's been excellent i haven't heard anything from mandalorian yet though so so that's good which means it's not going to spoil it anyway okay let's move on to the next team (laughs) um uh the mariners yeah so i can't explain the mariners well, Robbie Ray got this done for the year. He's also getting Tommy John. Yeah, but they're deep, and it's dude. Just, they're a deep team. But it's just a lot of dudes aren't performing well over there either. Yeah. Um, Julio Rodriguez the, is not playing well. Not. Yeah, he's not playing well. And it's pretty much – there seemed like one of these teams, if he's not playing well, the rest of the team isn't playing well. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about that one. I, I think they'll be okay. But yeah, I oh, think we'll, they'll be fine. Actually, they let me so, hold that they thought. They have so much depth. <clears throat> Um, the Mets rotation woes. We talked about that last week. Verlander and Scherzer being yeah. hurt. Uh, offense is being kind of stagnant. Uh, Phil's game under 500. Guys were injured. Mm-hmm. They're just getting back Bryce Harper. I'm sure they're going to be. And then there's the cards. We talked about them last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about how uh, Nolan Arenado's really just been awful to start the season. Um, it's, yeah, I think we can confidently. Uh, I can't speak for you, but I can say I think the Yankees will be fine. I think at the end of the day, they figure these things out. Stan comes back. They'll probably make some moves to act accordingly. They'll be okay. Uh, the Guardians? I'm pretty confident they'll they, be fine. Because you, have, you yeah, also have to yeah, look at their team is very young. Like, they're, like you know, ha- half their players are, this is their second year, Kwan fucking Naylor, fucking um, Jimenez, like, and and those guys were the guys who really like kind of did work for them down the stretch last year. Those guys are gonna pick it up, even and they're playing well. They'll they'll but they'll pick it up more. There might be a leadership thing in that clubhouse, you know, just because of how young they are. That's a good point. Like last year, they had um, uh, Mister uh, Supernatural himself, Carlos Santana, because yeah. the veterans there, that couple other guys, and a lot of those guys left, but. They, that team is too deep to be in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Um, Astros, how are you feeling about that one? I don't feel good about that one because I feel really good about the Rangers, and I think the Rangers are are. I think this is their division to to win this year, um, especially with the, like Rangers are currently twenty two and fourteen. Yeah, especially how much of a lead they have on everybody as it is, and if they can just keep playing solid baseball like this, and I mean they've been collecting stars for the past three years and in, in off season, and you're just kind of like, oh, whatever the Rangers, and now they kind of all have them together, and they're all playing well. And they they found pitching finally, and, and yeah, you know, like it was like two years ago, it was like, oh, they got Marcus Simeon, that's cool. Oh, they got Corey Seager, oh, that's cool. And then they made some more moves this offseason. Like, I just think they're a lot better. And I think the Astros are on the decline because of what I said about their old, their old former stars. They're getting old now, and it's finally going to show. Yeah. I mean, Alec Altuve's just turned thirty three. Yeah. Bregman's turning thirty soon. Um, it's and plus, I think the AL because of how good the AL East is. It's going to screw up wild cards for yeah. every other division. That's a good point. Like, we, um, the Mets will Mets and Phillies will probably be yeah. fine. Yeah. I I'm I already said it last week though. Cardinals, goodbye. I, I just don't know what to make of the Cardinals. I have you know, I haven't watched them enough to know what exactly what their issue is. Just their rotation is their rotation's not good. Nolan Arnado's been awful. And it's getting to the if they, he doesn't turn around at a certain point, I think any postseason success or any postseason kind of goodbye. Mm-hmm. 
But that division, I, I look, I know LSU said that division kind of sucked, but I think it is a little bit of a toss-up, at least with those top three teams. So if they can still maintain pace and try to – their only option is to win the division because of how good the East NL East is yeah. and then how top-heavy the AL West is. Mm-hmm. So we'll see there. It sounds like we're kind of confident with everybody besides the Astros and the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. And the Astros, I'm not totally sold on. It's just like, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn around, but I'm not surprised that they're not playing well. I've been saying this for three yeah. years, and I've been wrong. Exactly. <laughs> been saying, yeah, exactly. They always find a way. Yeah. All right. Speaking of those Astros. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Hey, look at that. Remember this guy? Carlos Correa, <laughs> former uh, giant Mets, now current twin great. He has not been playing well after he got the bag. And uh, he had a pretty interesting quote where target fans at Target Field, the Twins' home stadium, uh, were booing him. And he came out and said, I boo myself too with the amount of money I'm making and how I'm playing. Uh, during that game where he was booed, he went 0 for 5. And the team stranded six runners, or he stranded six runners on base. Uh, it ha- to the season so far, he is hitting 185 with a uh, 261 on base percentage, and then a 363 uh, OBP or um, OPS. He sucked. Slowly but sure, like no other way to put it. Uh, I think a lot of Giants friends, and we saw the shout out to Xavier Gomes Gomez just for saying like, thank God that didn't work out for us because he's been awful. Um, the Twins were a really fun team to kind of start this season. They looked like one of the better teams, and now they kind of went back to what they usually do. They're two games above 500. They're still in first place in the Central, but... Guardians are coming, though. You're not really going to get good until somebody like him steps up. Yeah. What does that say about the Giants really quick? You know, got to do our first jab, Giants jab of the pod. What does it say about the Giants that the only free agent of the past four seasons in... No, three seasons and three off seasons that they've been dire and desperate and doing everything they can to sign these big free agents. What does it say about the Giants front office that the only one that they could get on like to sign or like in the building, like looking like they're going to sign is the one who's damaged goods. That's true. Yeah. What does that say? It, it, it makes because it makes you wonder when you look, when you look okay. at the hold on real quick when you look at the like at the in the moment i didn't mean to interrupt you i just i was thinking about this while you were talking and you look at it in the moment you're like oh okay like uh uh maybe it was just a a matter of money or something like that it you know the giants just couldn't work it out and other teams were just making bigger bids um that's probably why they haven't been able to get judge haven't been able to get fucking all these other guys that i'm blanking on right now but i've been saying it all off season what the fuck is farhan doing in these meetings where like nothing the only guy he can get is the one who's clearly very desperate to sign a, a big contract because he knows there's something wrong with him but nobody else does you know like it's just it i i, it, I know so many giants fans who are so over farhan um yep, i only know same. i only know one who is like still defends him he's like Look what he did with that team in uh in 2021. It's like, dude, you can't. Like that's such an outlier season. Like everybody on that team had career years. Like it's just such an outlier season. Yeah, I I know so many people who are who just want him done. Anyway, um yeah, he's just he looks like he's damaged goods, man. I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on. He also should be booed because he's a little bitch and he cheated. But, you know, that's besides the point. And this uh, Giants roast was brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm Insurance. That's right. Like a good neighbor, call Chris Martinez, who is probably a Giants fan now. Uh, I think the one thing that... Anyway, keep going. Yeah, but... I remember him wearing Giants hat in 2012, though, when we were at SF State together. That's oh, all yeah? I'm saying. Really? You know, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, but uh, I think because of how long the contract is, you obviously just got to see how this thing's going to play out. You have to because you have forget. no other option. What do you mean? You, you have, have no other choice. Yeah. yeah. Unless somebody takes it. Um, oh, it's going to be interesting because let's not. I like to compare it to like when Manny Machado first signed with the. Um, when Manny Machado first signed with the Padres, like that first year, he was, he wasn't terrible. He was mediocre. He was mediocre. Then he followed it up in 2020 where the Padres went to the postseason. 2021 or 2022 where he was like top three MVP. So the guy turns it around. That's a fair, the that's thing, a fair the comparison. Difference, that's a good comparison. There's the difference between the two though. We've always known Manny Machado has been good. Like, too great. He pretty much proved it his whole time in Baltimore. Carlos Correa hasn't shown enough, even with his time with the Astros. He had some really good postseason runs, whether that be he was getting assisted from a bang-bang or buzzers, whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But he was really kind of didn't show enough to justify this contract. There was a huge shortstop market this last year. And there was a reason why he was like one of the last ones to get signed because teams would rather go with, even though Trey Turner's not playing well, um, teams would rather go with him. Dansby Swanson's been tearing it up with the Cubs and he got a better contract or he was locked up faster. So yeah. I think you are hitting something that maybe a lot of executives just don't even, don't even want to risk the headache that could potentially come with the repercussions of the cheating scandal. Maybe things are kind of, fluctuated more in stats than what could have been um but we won't know we won't know the full story until things get going i've been saying thing with this twins team i've been saying for years yeah. i just before you go on to the twins i've been saying for years i've never been really high on carlos cray i feel like his rookie year he came out really hard really fast thinking he had like 20 home runs by the all-star break and everybody was like losing their shit like this guy has so much potential he's so talented he's only 19 years old and ever since then whether it be injuries whether it be just like I don't know, just low bad seasons. He's never really had a breakout season. He's had breakout like runs, like a month where he like goes off, and people are like, "This is the Carlos Correa we've all been waiting for." Like I've just ne- I've never gotten it. I've never understood that the hype behind him. Uh, what were we gonna? I got it. What were we gonna say about the Twins? Um, and the, oh, this team really de- they need him to be good. Yeah, yeah, they need him to be great yeah. because like Byron Buxton's been off to a solid start, but it's like any day now it's just like an injury hits with them but like they need him it's not like with these astros teams where it's like if he's underperforming cool altuve's got your back jordan's got your back kyle tucker was still was there bregman all that stuff you're the dude you need to step up um i've realized who the better comparison is Mm. and it's not maddie or maddie manny it's javi bias Mm. they were both really young guys on scrappy world series winning teams Mm-hmm. Um, Correa is only a two-time All-Star. I think Javi is also. Yeah, Javi uh, really only fact- had that one MVP candidate like caliber season, like thirty home runs or something like that, and twenty stolen bases when he they, he moved over to shortstop after the Addison Russell bullshit, and that's pretty much it, huh? Yep, he, and he was only a two-time All-Star. Look at that. Only uh, he's won a Gold Glove once. Yeah. 
Where is he so, now? It's Detroit. Oh, he's actually been playing much better. Has he? Um, yeah, he's this. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I know he is off to a hot start yeah. for the season. It's also kind of funny that they're both from Puerto Rico. No, not that there's anything with it, but it's funny that's like the most okay. similar guy is also the guy who's from the same country. Um, but it's interesting. If, I, if Carlos Correa is playing well, are the Twins a playoff team? Yes. Yes. Really? Over all the, the AL East teams over... Or the AL Central? Well, because they would have to win the division. Exactly. So and you I think, think they're, they're better than they... the Guardians with Carlos Correa healthy? Or like playing well? Like playing yeah, average can and Carlos play... Correa well? Yeah, I think so. Because I think they're, they have arguably the best rotation mm. I don't know. And then don't know. in that division. Um, but, hey, that's, we'll see. We'll see, man. But I, I, the one thing I'll say, but, and then we'll move on, is at least you can appreciate himself acknowledging, like, I suck right now. Not a lot of players that do that, so we can at least give him a little credit on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, last bit, Barry Zito. Um Julio, why don't you – do you have the stats pulled up for uh, these pitchers? Yes. So um, – And it's funny. ERA in Major League Baseball is kind of fucking insane this year, um, which we're going to dive into in a second. The rule changes might be a part of it. But there's like six players below two, or is there more than that? There are five players below two, but then Shane McClanahan is at – Oh, no, I'm sorry. Alex Cobb is at 2.01. <laughs> hey, Giants fans, there you go. Um, and there's 10 players who are, again. like, below 2.5. I This is not normal, people. Um, especially 2018-19, it definitely wouldn't have been normal with the juice balls. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be something about rhythms and 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 the pitch clock and hitters need more time to get in their rhythm and pitchers are better at getting into rhythms and they can like kind of move faster and stuff like. Because think about for the longest time, who are the biggest complainers of like of like stalling in it when it comes to an at bat? It's always been the pitchers because it's like the pitcher's getting set, he's getting in his rhythm, he's going to start his windup, and then the batter hold up. He holds the he you know he holds the umpire and you know it has to be something like that. Like I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. So here's a quick rundown of the top ten players in ERA, and this is the thing that's even more kind of mind blowing is that okay number uh, a tie for the ninth spot, Clayton Kershaw, figured, uh, Zach Gallen, also figured. It's nice that he's a lot of people been talking about it for a long time. It's really getting there. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman, who I think a lot of people were ready to write off. And, I don't think that that's weird. Uh, yeah, I. It's just two point two eight ERA in the young season. Yeah, he, He's only had like that one. So he had like one or two bad seasons, and people have just like forgotten about him. And they happened in New York. That's probably why. So he was getting a lot of shit when he was in New York. But he's always been a solid pitcher. Garrett Cole, two point oh nine. One should be surprised. A little bit of a surprise. The only reason it's a little bit of a surprise is like he has fifty eight strikeouts. That was going to happen. But he's always been really prone just to. Give up bombs, like two or three year game. So it's like to see mm-hmm. that getting dropped down. That shows like Yankees are getting their money's worth, mm-hmm. not like the Twins with Korea. Uh, Alex Cobb, that's a like shock. I said two point oh one. That's a shock. Yeah, that's a huge shock. Shane McClanahan, one point seven six. He's also seven and zero oh 
which May 10th in some pitcher already has seven wins. That's, That's how good the fucking, fucking Rays crazy. are, man. Yeah. A number four, uh, uh, household name here, Bryce Elder. Atlanta Braves, the 1.74. Number three, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, former Red Sox great, uh, with the Tigers now, 1.57. He's good, but Justin, but that right. Yeah. Justin Steele, 1.45 over the Cubs. And number one, it's not a surprise to us. We've always known he, in our heart that he's been this guy. Number one Sonny is former Gray, Oakland baby. great, Sonny Gray. Yeah. 1.35 ERA, which I said, I think this team's going to win the division because how good the pitching is. Pod, Sonny's 1.35. Is, is he in your top five? He's in my top five A's of all time. Ooh. Pretty close. Mm. I don't know if I lock him in there. He's at least, I think he would be a top ten. He's a short king. you got to root for short kings, right? How short is Pitcher's he? Pitcher's wise. I think uh, he's like 5'11". How... He's not like that short. Short for us because we're both tall. Gray. No, not how old. How tall is he? You could just type in Sonny Gray and then Wikipedia will come up and just... 5'10". That's not that short, bro. Isn't I think Marcus Simeon's like 5'8". Or not Marcus Simeon. Marcus Stroman is like 5'8", 5'9". Oh, yes. He's a, he's a too short yeah. king. But what? Um, there's already some analysts that have said that like... It really is the timing of it all. And we talked about this at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, sure. One of the first pods we did of the season where we said pretty much the first people, the first team to take advantage of all these rule changes are really going to be the ones who are flourish. And we're seeing it. Mm. Where guys who really a year ago had no business being in this soon of the season that high up in ERA are there. Sonny has been crushing it pretty much since he left the A's, but... He got hurt his first season. Since he left the Yankees. He got hurt his first season with the Yankees, so he didn't get to showcase it. So when he was in the big spotlight, no one knew it. And then he went to the Reds, and the Reds don't get pretty much any media coverage. And he goes to the Twins, and the Twins is the same thing. I'm just saying, like, for the for if listeners are kind of like, oh, yeah, Sonny Gray, that's an old friend. Like, if you pay attention to the game, like, especially if you play fantasy, like, you would have known Sonny Gray's been a stud for a while now he just he just has been rotting in hell in fucking the in minnesota yeah he was an all-star with the reds and that red yep. rotation was really good oh, yeah. with him and uh <laughs> Trevor Bauer. but um they went to the playoffs in 2020 during the short season oh yeah they, did. they got oh, knocked that's out right yeah the expanded playoffs eight teams that's right yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. but uh it's it's not it's, that it's nice to see compared him. to how it is now anymore because now it's seven yeah. so it's nice to see him get the recognition that he's deserving because we've known he was this good. Yeah. Now, I, there's some guys we can assume are going to maintain this. It's like Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Kershaw, Gallon. I think we can all say they're like, oh, this is just what these are just who they are. Mm-hmm. But like somebody like Justin Steele, <clears throat> Alex Cobb, like, is this going to be me? Alex Cobb. Um, it's going to be an interesting race. This ERA title yeah. for them this season. It's going to be wild. I'm curious as to what their defensive numbers are like for the, their teams. Um, like, can is that a big part of it? Like, are they really good? That's a good point. Um, so I'd like to see that. Also, the shift is going to be is a big difference for this. You know, mm-hmm. so it's pretty crazy to think about. Without the shift, they still have these numbers. Because um, you know, even with for Sunny. Having somebody like, you know, we just bashed yeah. Correa, but Correa's always been a pretty solid shortstop back there. Mm. Um, so, like, 
Yeah, I think you're totally right. There's totally some defensive stuff that's happening that is definitely improving these guys' numbers. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, we'll take a break, and then we'll dive into all of the A's. Um, a little bit on the field, a little bit off the field. So we'll be right back. A's news. We got a lot of A's news to talk about because the A's. Uh, I mean, it just gets worse and worse. But we'll start with the positives. Um, Jordan Diaz, the man who we who Julio predicted last week would be the person who probably won the starting job over at shortstop. He had a three home run game yesterday. So we're recording this on Wednesday, May 10th, and yesterday was Tuesday, May 9th. He had a three home run fucking game. It was absolutely dope um yeah i mean talk about timing julio you one week later (laughs) well done sir well done thank you thank you in the last week he's had nine at bats he's batting 444 he had three home runs uh, four bis um so three of his four hits were home runs look at that it's it's interesting we've been having we've been hearing the name for some time now just saying like a lot of our beat writers or who would like pay attention to minor league players, mostly most Lockhart to has been saying like, this guy's just a natural hitter. He hits. And I think one of the, I was just, I was going to say that I was like, have we been hearing his name for a while? Like I, I, I feel like I haven't been, but Melissa, obviously. Yeah. And and I think a big part of it, and he did come up for some brief time at the end of last season. We didn't really see it. And you brought up the point that like, he's like the reason probably why is he's a kid. He's 22. He's a fucking kid. Man. So some of these things take. Kid. It's funny. He looks a lot older. He's got the Kevon Looney thing. He does, going on. right? Doesn't yeah. he look older? Yeah, dude. But he's hitting 286 yeah. on the season. It's again, this season sucks. There's no way of going around it. Mm. But again, these things are starting to piece together. Where you're starting to see some guys who could potentially like be the next generation of players. We, we've we've talked about Sierra Ruiz nonstop. Right, he's got a seven game. I don't know if, if he got a hit today, but he had a seven game hitting streak going on, leading the AL in steals. Brent Rooker's just turned into out of nowhere, just mo- mm. a mammoth player. He did a great breakdown on MLB Network. Dude, uh, John Boy, John Boy uh, did a like one month in review of of the season, and they voted him the MVP of the like the American League MVP one month in. I, it was probably a joke but it was so Dude, funny like, his... you can't deny his stats he's just so fucking good on base yeah. percentage is over 400 um it, i know the yeah. home like he's hitting over 300 it's we're starting to see this together so it's nice yeah in terms of though i don't know if he's gonna win the shortstop because i don't think he's just a natural shortstop in the first place but he hasn't been playing shortstop either. yeah like yesterday he played second today i don't know where he played today I think he's just going to be one of those. He's going to win the, the second base job. Like, I, I hate to say it, like Tony Kemp's not going to be on this team by the end of the year. And I think yeah. just at that point, Jordan Diaz is just going to become the everyday second baseman. Mm-hmm. Nick Allen has still not hitting, but I think he's too talented defensively. Where you can't, he's one of those. He's very much a uh, Kevin Kiermeyer kind of guy. Like you're okay with the bat being as bad as it is. Because yeah. his defense is good enough. Bad. Yeah. And if this lineup can hit like that, you're okay with having somebody that bad def- offensively. Exactly. But Jordy Diaz, and if man, he's like, love it. If, if he's, if, you know, you put him at, you put him down the bottom lineup and hit him ninth, like low pressure, and maybe his bat will 
come around at certain parts of the season when you need it the most. But like in the playoffs and stuff like that, I'm talking about future wise. I'm not talking about now. But in the playoffs, like Nick Allen, you know he's going to be reliable over that short. Like he's not going to be the reason why you don't get out of an inning. So the reason why I feel like Jordan Diaz has a little bit come out of like a nowhere under the radar. So he was a he's an international signing, and the A's are always really good at those international signings, those little like secret ones. Like yes, we've landed a couple big ones, like you know Shitaro, uh, uh, uh Fujinami this offseason, and obviously Jonas Cespedes in the past. But we've always gotten like really good, like at least role guys in that in that um, in that realm. They signed him in 2016. The guy was like literally a kid like not even legal to vote if he was born in the united states like and he's just been going through the minor league system for that entire time i mean it yeah i'm looking at it right now and he's and he's kind of shot up through it too like i mean at the end of 2021 he was on high a he was in lansing high a and then in 2022 he started out in double a and then he shot up to triple a and he fucking was hitting 340 when he left triple a he said 219 when he was at double a like the guy just can fucking hit the ball like that's just what that's just like what he's bred to do um so yeah maybe you're right maybe second base is probably a better spot for him zach geloff has a bigger arm so he'll probably end up being over at third um yeah this guy is fucking it's interesting i really hope that they don't leave and i can continue to be a fan because you see the pieces coming together like you did in 2016 and 17. You see the young guys that are coming up with this talent and you're like, oh my God, like like the Chapmans back then and the Olsons back then, the Pinders, and you're like, you see these little glimpses of them. Like those are the Jordan Diaz's right now. Those are the Brent Rook- Rookers. Those are the fucking Esther Ruiz's. Like, oh my God. I just, it's just, it's fun. It's a fun, it's fun too. Um, and um- Diaz, Jordan Diaz. You know us, us, us Oakland fans, like heavy Latin Latin fan base. We love us a good a good Diaz. Um, I'm gonna take one out of your playbook here, and then we can jump. But uh, so you said he was 17 when he signed his international contract, right? And you said his story. So he's 22 now, and he signed in 2016. I don't know. So he was 16. Yeah, he was born in 2000. Yeah. Um. So he was like 16 going on 17 or 15 going on 13 going on 30. Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, he was a kid. Finally got his opportunity. Yeah. Um, didn't do much. He's starting to show a little bit. Uh, I know of another middle infielder. Who's... No, he no. What no? My point was he did do. He did. He no, did I'm saying no. And his, his he, first time in the minors, but he was just. Majors. But he was just so young. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, okay, but yeah, he was he just got so young the... that they were like, we can't bring him up already. He's just too young. But he was fucking killing it in the minors. So 16 when he signed. Yeah. Uh, finally got called up. All this fun stuff. Um, 16 years old when he signed. International mm-hmm. prospect. Finally got called up. Middle infielder. It's a little, uh, it's a little heavy Miguel Tejada energy, may I say? Mm. Miggy was like allegedly air quotes. Like That's not fair. 15 years old when he's oh sprinkling oh. that out there. Just sprinkling that. Yeah, not yeah, saying that like yeah. the fake age yeah, or anything, yeah. but I'm saying like yeah. Minimum fielder who rakes is a national prospect that got signed when he was a kid. Hey. Yeah, but Miggy was also a stud on defense too, though. So just in time, just in time. Exciting, time. exciting now. All right, we'll move on. Um, okay, um, this is where it's going to get dark. So this is definitely. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know Glenn Kuyper on the broadcast last Saturday. Um, in the pregame, said um, something. 
an offensive racial word. Um, how that happened, what, why that happened, um, who knows, but Glenn, um, but, um, you know, we have to talk about it, I guess. I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into it because I don't want to dive into like, you know, it's honestly the, 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 the conversations that have been had on Twitter are like some, some of you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. If I'm being completely honest, like the comments about Dallas and his reaction to, to hearing it while he's on the broadcast and how people are like shitting on him for like, not like reacting appropriately. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself that you're even like having that conversation out loud on Twitter with people, because that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and to drag Dallas into this when he literally didn't do anything, he was just there in the room. I, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. But when it comes to things like, like with what Glenn said, you know, it's unfortunate. He's very, obviously very ashamed and very sorry about it. He didn't realize that he did it at the time. That's a whole nother level of conversation that I'm not going to get into, but you know, I, th- I think that the suspension was a pro- appropriate reaction. Um, you know, they'll look at everything and they'll evaluate and then they'll make a decision ultimately what is his real fate is. But, uh, for now he, I think it's good. Take some time away from the team. Um, and, uh, yeah, Julio, I, do you have anything more to add to that? No, nah, that's that you you pretty much nailed it and yeah for the, the whole thing with Dallas like he's a professional like I think the part mm-hmm. of your job is to not it like act you know react in the moment to kind of hold this it in and you know whatever mm-hmm. it could be but you're totally right I think the and not just with like Twitter but of course like on Reddit whether it's baseball and A's Reddit you have people who are coming out and are all of a sudden became civil right warriors and then you have people who are like you did nothing wrong we 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 truly will not know and we should never be the people to con either condemn or condone whatever was going through his head i think the only thing we can really kind of base this off of is um i think not you know he never say it don't ever say it period Mm -hmm. period but i think that fit that Kuiper family has been around the Bay Area long enough where I think we know that these are they're good people it seems mm-hmm. like at the end of the day there could be some stuff we don't know but it's like I've talked to other people about it if that family was truly a shitty family and they really just didn't have good morals and good values we would have known by now we would have yeah. heard some sort of an echo from it look at look at Grant Napier up in Sacramento the former uh, Sacramento Kings play-by-play announcer when like the you know when the Black Lives Matter movement started happening and in 2020 when it was like really intense and all that stuff happened, uh, finally someone called him out and he was like he's like a, a, a well like a known like historical like racist <laughs> like um, and I think it was it was Boogie Cousins I think it was Demarcus Cousins who called him out on Twitter and and um, and as soon as he called him out like everybody and their fucking mother whoever was associated with the King's organization, like came out and like, um, and like validated that and said like, yeah, this is true. Like we, we all just kind of like threw it on the rug. So like, I think that's an example of like, if this, if this really was an issue, like we probably would have known about it, especially with him and his brother 
being the two faces of uh, Bay Area baseball for the past 15 years or something like that. Like a lot of people come out as defense, but again, you know, I was talking to my parents about it this weekend and all the angles of it. And, and w there's some good points being made that otherwise, but I, you know, I, I just don't know enough about it to, to comment. So I, I, I like when Glenn is calling the game. So I hope that it's okay. And, if he does have a problem, I hope he addresses it, and hopefully he can be a better person moving on. Until then, um, calling the games will be Johnny Do Johnny Doskow. Uh, Johnny Doskow or Doskow? Doskow, right? Don't um, say Doskow. He, he is the uh, – you may have uh, – he may have sound familiar to you. He has um, done a couple games for the A's um, in replacement, um, at least on the radio, for um, uh, uh, back in like the – mid 2010s for um ken when he had took some time off and for vince he's the play-by-play -play announcer for the river cats he has a 30-year career being a play-by-play -play announcer in baseball but never in the big show he didn't get his first opportunity to call a major league baseball game and that was for the a's until the mid 2000s he's a lifer he's amazing he's really good um he sounds kind of like glenn if you listen listen to the he sounds like a hybrid kind of weird of again yeah, glenn and ken hybrid a little bit yeah it's great yeah, it's kind of weird um and he's really good he's a professional and um he's been around the, the organization for a long time so he's who's going to be filling in so uh you'll enjoy him um if you haven't already as it is all right julio more vegas news um so looks like the a's have pivoted and found a new site in las vegas I guess it's near the Tropicana Hotel um, because something happened with the first site. I guess they didn't have their ducks in a row. Um, the executives that um, – a lot of executives, as we pointed out, in Las Vegas aren't too happy with John Fisher, don't like the idea of him coming, and they had something to do and something to say with their local government about John Fisher's previous site. So John went and found a new site, more clusterfuck of a situation. Uh also, uh, a survey went out to all of Nevada citizens um, if they wanted the A's or not. Um, Clark County said that 47% of Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is, um, said that they want the A's in uh, Las Vegas. Um, the rest said they did not. Um, so they found a new site near Tropicana, and the gap of public funding for this site now will be 365 million dollars as opposed to 500 million dollars uh, to the previous site that was near um the raiders stadium what's that mean at this point who the fuck knows <laughs> it's they still yeah like they still need a lot of money there's still 900 395 million dollar gap between what the team is willing to provide and what this city is willing to provide and the legislation session is coming to an end. I think I want to say like it's like the middle of June. I don't have the fret date in front of me, but it, it, it's insane. It's insane that like, oh, hey, look, the people who couldn't get it figured out in the Bay Area who, hey, look, they figured out in Vegas. No, they didn't. They still haven't figured anything out. And it's just it, it's getting to the point where. How long until. Other owners are like, this got this has to end. Like you obviously can't figure it out in Oakland. You can't figure it out in Vegas. What are you even doing to be? Because uh, like, what are you doing to be a responsible owner to actually make this game better? Because now there's even more stories coming out that 
John Fisher lost something like hundred million dollars in stocks um, price because of Gap not having the last couple of great years. And Harry is trying to just find this bell out somewhere around Vegas that like where most of the citizens don't want them there. The state is and the city is not willing to pay them as much as they want to. And they're pretty much banking on Bally's who, by the way, Bally's also going bankrupt across the TV space. Different Bally's. Different Bally's. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, oh, cool. Let's have gambling legislation, big gambling companies in on this thing as well. It's just, it all that reeks. It all stinks. It's, just, it, it's all dirty. It, but the problem is they're pissing people off while they're doing it. And they're pissing the wrong people off. And like you said, Julio, and like uh, we've been reading from a lot, a lot of Nevada journalists. They're getting sources. My source says who is an executive with a uh, big casino. They hate John Fisher and they don't want him here. Like he's just pissing everybody off in Vegas. So I don't know if it's going to work out. And he pissed off. Could have been his biggest ally in Mark Davis. I, you know, and it, it's looking more and more like an NBA team is going to be going to Vegas. And it's kind of looking like Mark Davis might be the owner of that NBA team. So that means he's going to own three teams in that town and you want to bring your team there. I mean, it's just, it's a mess, man. I don't really know what, what to say. It's just, um, it's just a mess. To quote uh, someone who was once an old friend, <clears throat> Doc's on the pond. Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like he does. He does sound like that, doesn't he? Um, you know, we have bind. We have we we have parallel paths with the team. You know, we have the we have the Howard Terminal site. We have the. I'm doing that every time going forward when we're talking about Dave Cavill now. Yeah, I wonder who the two. Um, because there's rumored that there's two. Um, um, potential buyers lined up for the A's. Um, I wonder who the two potential buyers are. Um, I'm assuming one of them is Joe Lacob. Because um, I hope it's not Elon Musk. Well, it's just it's one of those things where it's like Joe Lacob. If it's Joe Lacob, he has the money just to be like, all right, cool, we're gonna let's put the shelves in the ground in two months because I I will pay for whatever it needs. But if it's like, I know Dave Stewart's group is going for the Nashville team, so it's not him. But if it's the Reggie Jackson group, there's rumors that Reggie Jackson's group is the Lacob group. So I'm just I'm you know I'm just like I'm I'm just talking it through like it's, there's rumors that Reggie Jackson is a part of the Lakers group or Lake Lakeup group. There um, was also rumors that when Reggie was trying to buy the team in 2000s, he was already trying to look into moving to Vegas back then. Yeah, there's I, just so a lot of hearsay going on at this whole situation. But Reggie came out recently and said that he he would do Oakland. I I mean not do Oakland, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but uh, so I don't know. It's it's. It's weird, but you know the Fisher family continues to piss people off, so that's just not good. And if you'd um, like to show your frustrations with the Fisher family, the Last Dive Bar's got a great event for you coming this yeah. Friday, May twelfth, uh, during the game against the Ragers tailgating. Uh, it's going to be the Rotten Tomato tailgate, so it's going to be in Lot A, uh, before, two and a half hours before first pitch, where you get to be throwing rotten produce, and it's one of the oldest forms of expression at uh some of your least favorite people in baseball right now so you got your frustrations you think, out there you go you think they're gonna show movies that um uh weren't certified fresh on rotten tomatoes while you're doing that Ooh. maybe i hope so because there's some underappreciated something like, movies something like the room the room <laughs> you're tearing you know me apart lisa 
you know it's a really under underappreciated movie that got terrible ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't get. It's a movie I love. Accepted. Really? With Justin Long. I love that movie. And, that movie uh, so a young fucking funny. Jonah Hill. Young, young chubby Jonah, Jonah Hill. That's right. Yeah. Before he decided I'm not Blake acting. Lively pre Ryan Reynolds. But Jonah Hill before he decided he won't star in movies that aren't based in reality. Jonah Hill? Sure. I didn't know that, that was a thing. It's, a, it's That's cool. It's a whole thing. Alrighty. He was on that he was on that next Netflix show that was like a sci fi show. I'll do ra- I, don't, I, don't, what's I, don't, I don't know what his I, I'm glad it sounds like he's in a happier place than where he was five, ten years ago. But it's he made also a documentary about his therapist. Stutz. 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 Yeah. Alright, we can move on. Yep. Oh, sorry. Uh all right, so the A's they took two out of three from the Royals and then Ooh. they got swept by the Yankees. So Ooh. it's the Royals. Can't be too proud about that, but it's cool to see some winning. Um this Friday through Saturday, the rain. Sunday. Oh my God. Sunday. Oh my God. This so this weekend the Rangers are in town, and then uh, the D backs will be in town Monday through Wednesday. Um, Julio, who's your player of the week? I'm. There's two obvious ones, so whatever you pick, I'll pick the non the other one. Perfect. I'm going to so dude, I went two for two this last week. I said I think Jordan Diaz is an opportunity where he, he can did, land yeah. a starting shortstop yeah. job. And then I said my essential tool of the week, um, and I'm also saying he's my player of the week, none other than it's a Bladey day. J.J. Bladey tore it up. He's been on fire as well. He had 375 and 24 at-bats, two doubles, two home runs, two RBIs, two walks, five runs. He looks awesome. I love seeing the number 33 in the outfield again. He had again. a pretty bad error today in right field, though, I will say. And then also that stupid three-run home run, which is totally fan interference, and umpires yes. gave it to them. Stupidest thing. Maybe if he was a little bit taller, they would have. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. He yeah, looks bad. awesome in that first week here. So let's hope this maintains this so we can even ride this little high of outfielders further out. Chris, you had Mason Miller. Uh, he had a pretty solid start against the Kansas City Royals. Six innings, five strikeouts, two earned yeah. runs, and one walk. But and they got hurt. The mo- yeah, but here's the most important thing about that. It sounded very stressful that uh, he was having some elbow uh, issues. And everybody got elbow tightness. Everybody lost their shit. Tommy John, we're done. Thankfully, MRI has been clean. Everything looks fine. It's more or less that they're just something that they're going to have to monitor for the coming months. He just had some elbow discomfort. It's all good. So praise Jesus. That's good. Or praise Jesus. Yeah. Maybe he'll miss a couple starts and it'll be good, but that's cool. Um, my player of the week is Jordan Diaz. The other one, obvious three home runs. I don't got to say anymore. That's what's up. My, what's your essential tailgate tool of the week this week? My essential tailgate tool this week. Hmm. Let's go. Kenny Chucks. Ken Waldachuk, uh, it's gonna he's going to be going against a tough uh, Rangers team this week. Uh, I'd like to see him. We had our first win of the season for a starter this last week with uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Moeller against the Royals. That was cool. Yeah. So hey, let's see if we can get these good vibes going. Our lefties could be the guys for the future, um, and I think a good start from him this weekend against the Rangers would be great. So Kenny Chucks, let's see what you got. 
Uh, mine's gonna be Brent Rooker because he's slipped a little bit lately. Um, so I'd like to see that <laughs> bounce back. So let's watch and see. He hasn't had a home run in a little bit. Maybe he can get a dinger out of the out of the bat pack. Can we have um, an honorary essential tool of the week, even though he's no longer on yeah. the team anymore? It's it's our podcast. We can do whatever the hell That's we want. That's goddamn right it is. Uh, a former Oakland great, Liam Hendricks, in case you didn't see, he beat non-Hoskins lymphoma. He struck he that did. fucker out. He told her, yeah, not today, cancer. Kiss my ass. And uh, it sounds a lot likely that this weekend he will be making his return to the Chicago White Sox. So yep. on behalf of everybody in A's Nation, of course, everybody in baseball, Liam Hendricks, dude, welcome back. Kick the hell out of cancer. Happy to Best see him. Best closer in baseball. He's back. Julio! Julio! Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy! Ah, I love her. Oi, oi, oi. That's when you're supposed to do that. I all know right. you've heard that. Larry, Larry is a rugby player. He used to do that all the time. At oh, play. of course. Oh, well, well, cool. let's not forget about Grant Balfour. The original crazy Aussie closer. Wow, we have a history of Aussie closers. I feel like there's more Aussies that we, um, actually. Let's do a quick. It probably is, bro. All right, quick, quick, quick Aussie Aussie checkup, and then Australian we'll Oakland A's. It's funny because when you think of Australia, obviously you think of rugby, but then like an, another like um, popular sport, you think basketball. You don't think baseball. That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah cause Andrew, Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Matthew Delavadova. Oh, yes. Del- the, the stuff. Remember when Remember when? Uh, when people were trying to say that Matthew Delavadova, like, cooked Steph Curry in the 2015 finals? Like, what fucking finals were you watching, bro? It's the other way around. He's the Steph stopper. Yeah. Uh, I can't really. Okay, so it's pretty much those. Oh, I think Peter Moylan was with these for a second. He was not. Okay, never mind. It's just those two. Carry on. It felt like it was a lot more. All right. Well, on behalf of all the Australians, we're going to end this podcast. Sorry, you guys weren't good enough to have more. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on Town. You can follow this feed, the Town Tailgate Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Um, Fan First Sports Network. Strength in numbers. Julio, hopefully we can pull it off. If you're listening to this podcast, you will know the outcome of the Warriors game. We're both rocking Warriors gear. I'm going to be at my softball game during the game. I'm going to just have to watch during the dugout in between. It's going to I made the executive decision to uh, not even put myself through that kind of stress tonight, and I'm going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy again. <laughs> mm. uh, at the, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, yes. like at the movies? Excellent. Nice. Um, and yeah. when I and plus I've already seen it, so I'll do like, you turn your notifications off? Yeah, I, I go on Do Not Disturb, but the AMC I go to has a full bar with TVs there. So, like, I'll run mm-hmm. out and check, like, once I, I'll line it up, I'll check my phone real quick. I'm like, all right, I'll run out and catch if it's worth it, kind of thing. But I how just, is Guardians? It was, it's great. It is okay, cool, very good. I, I've been pretty disappointed with the MCU since Endgame, so it's, I think it's like the best MCU movie since like. It's like kind of not become appointment movie watching anymore, which is like depressing. The thing that's depressing though is you're going to come out of it and you're like, damn, they really just let James Gunn walk. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't blame. Like, I wouldn't say they let him walk. He just got a better opportunity. What yeah, they're going to they're, they're take away Marvel from Kevin Feige and give it to James Gunn. Get the fuck out of here. Um, okay, last but not least, Julio. Sell the team, John Fisher. Fisher out, and of course. Let's go, Oakland. And the Warriors. Dubs, go Dubs. Fuck the Dale, fuck the Lakers. Oh.